the red flag got called before you leave the sector. My life of <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's more like a hobby for me. Simply, simply lovely. Welcome back to the Global Good Girls podcast for the Australian Race Week with me, Crystal, and I've got two other of the girls with me today. Good morning, Cece. Good evening, Sandy here. <laughs> so one of us was actually there, which I'm very jealous about. <laughs> Are we all jealous oh about? My oh my God. Did you have a fun look, time? Oh, look, the four-day event, because I'd GP, I explained it last year in our last podcast, but for the Australia, a quick recap is that the Australian GP is a four-day event. <laughs> so we have racing across all four days or driving on track all four days. My God, Sunday, I was there and I still need to go back and re-watch the race to understand what happened in the race. I don't think anyone understands what went on in the race, to be honest with you. My gosh, can we just, okay. Just to start, that first initial start, the very start of the race, perfect start until turn three. Perfect start until turn three. And once again, a Ferrari is not finished in the last two years. Oh, yeah, stop it. It's still hurting me. (laughs) I do want to say, though, my British heart was loving George Russell leading for just a little bit. Just... Oh, we were all very, very, pr- we were all very, very proud. <laughs> we're like, yeah, George caught the jump on Max. Like, this is good. This is great. And then we're like, it's fine. And next thing we know, his engine blows so up. I was literally just watching the highlights before this and seeing Charles go off, my heart just, I was like, I don't want to watch anymore. No, it, it got crazy. So, and I was talking to my friend who I went with, Claire, plus the people around us. We're like, after, I think after Alex DNF'd, or it could have been George, we're like, oh yeah, talking about how many people had DNF'd last year. We're like, yeah, we think it was three. But then, like, thinking that there hadn't been more than seven DNFs at Melbourne. And I'm like, oh, just like for shits and gigs, like, why not just have eight, eight DNFs? I watched with a friend, and the friend isn't into F1 for that long and told me, Oh, that's the race with the most um, DNFs I ever saw. At this point, we had three DNFs. Still another five to come. Still another five to come and super confusion. There were only 12 drivers finishing. I do have to say, though, if Carlos was given that five-second penalty, which he was, which honestly, I can understand where the FIA is coming from, but at the same point, and the race stewards, the same point, if they're going to give him a five-second penalty for pushing somebody off track like that. Lance Stroll needed to be given one for pushing Charles off, and yet he wasn't given one. I saw that all over Twitter. Uh, I think it was the Sunday because I was keeping up on my phone. Jack Atkin, I believe that's how you say it, he had a really good tweet that he said, and he said even he, he understands motorsport, he said even he didn't understand why 
Carlos had a five second and then like you said Stroll didn't and then the whole like was Max out of the box thing he was saying about that as well it was quite interesting I was just reading through like the thread like keeping up with it all I think the race was fine until the first red flag then a complete confusion started for everyone I guess not even the FIA really know what they were doing because were both restarts rolling restarts or standing starts? That's obviously the part I didn't see. First one was a standing and the second one was a rolling. Mm. Yeah. The first one was... Because we had three red flags, didn't we? Didn't we? The yes. most... Yeah, the most in a we race, had, I believe. We had, yeah, we had three red flags. Yeah, but definitely <laughs> not the most in the race. No. Mm. So the first two red flags were standing start. Because mm. the after the, the red, first red flag was done after George because he was in the pit lane exit um, and on fire. So they did a standing start for that. And that's where Max got the lead and ended up with a 10-second gap. And the second one was when the carnage all happened before the end of the race. And then they decided, no, we're going to end the race behind the safety car. But what we were hearing on track was that they were going to race, they were going to void the lap that they'd started where everybody went out that was going to be null and void so they're going to go back do another standing restart and then they get two laps in and that was going to be the end of it and then they decided last minute no we're going to do safety car restart but they're going to finish behind the safety car so we're like okay but you're saying like the last lap's null and void again back to the car loss thing if that lap's null and void because the insect entire sector hadn't been completed at that point penalty shouldn't be applied we heard none of having like a like two laps from what i was reading and like hearing like we just thought it was going to be just that lap behind the safety car so that's quite interesting that you guys obviously at the track were hearing something slightly different like on track we don't get to hear like martin brundle and things like that we hear some of our own motorsport commentators on a different air channel so we're going off things that they're getting in their understanding but then like everybody else is getting something different like I was talking with like Sandy and Janice and they're like Janice was like no no we're being told it's a safety car it's a safety car I'm like okay but we're being told this everybody in the world watching was being told different things yeah in Germany they told it's going to be a standing start a few seconds later, it was a rolling start and a standing start. And in the end, it was a rolling start. Yeah, I was yeah, very see, confused. Because like, we had it on the screen. Race controls, race start order. Already being stated, it was going to be a standing start. And it was going to be like Max and Lewis and Fernando, Carlos, Lance, Checo, Lando, Hulk, Oscar, Zoe, Yuki, and then Valtteri. Because they're the only guys on the left. And then they're like, oh, by the way, no, we're not going to do a standing start. It's going to be a roll start and we're not going to null and void that lap like we should because technically the red flag got called before you leave the sector. My life of f- Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but technically from the rules, um, they could have just end the race because the last round behind mm. the safety car was completely useless. Because overtaking is allowed after the finish line, and at the finish line, the race was already ended. Honestly, I would have just gone to the second last lap under a safety car roll restart and just race the last lap. Like, if there was carnage again, there's carnage again, but, like, it's the last lap, so anything can happen. 
Yeah, but they restarted the race on lap 58 with the safety car, and the race only had 58 laps. So. I know, but, like, they were still talking at that point about null and voiding the last this lap 57 so that it didn't count, so that they were going to go back and redo lap 57. I think it would have been interesting to see what happened if they did null and void that and had the two extra lap to see if it would have changed a lot of the order or whether it would have stayed very similar. Yeah, look, not going to lie, after the first red flag and the first restart, so the second start of the race, Max got halfway around that circuit and was three seconds ahead. We all knew how this was going to end. And, like, it got to the point that in grandstands, we're all sort of just, like, sitting there going, cool, so what do we do now? Like, (laughs) most of the grandstands started going onto, like, phones or just talking because we're, like, by lap five at the restart, Max is 10 seconds ahead. Like, we know how this is going to end. Nothing interesting is happening. You knew how it was going to end anyway with your race predictions. Another reason why I'm just not going to do anything for races anymore. (laughs) Predicts the correct podium. Also states, just for shits and gigs, let's have eight DNFs. Stop jinxing everything. Yeah, yeah, well, look, it's my last lot of jinxing until I go for now because I'm going on this holiday next week. Yay! (laughs) No, not yay. I'm going to miss you. It's only for a few weeks. Fine. (laughs) I also didn't realise, though, that we're not going to get a race for about three weeks, four weeks. And I don't know why I didn't realise. Because China was cancelled and they didn't replace it with another track. So the next one should be Baku. 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 Yeah, that's why we have 28 days break. What should I do for 28 days without the race weekend? You can recover always watch MotoGP. <laughs> yeah, do that. Recover from this weekend. Oh, my <laughs> God. So quickly, right. This is the first time Melbourne has ever hosted F3s and F2s, right? If we thought that the F1 race was carnage, those poor boys in F3 and F2 had no idea what was coming. Like... At one point, they're, like, on a dry circuit for practice and it's pissing down with rain for qualifying. And then it's a mix of everything for a sprint race. And people are crashing and spinning. People are spinning on the formation lap for F2 for the sprint race. That's how wild it got. I'm, like, I don't know what it is, but, like, I'm now just wanting to sit and watch every F3 and F2 race. Like, I just want to watch all of them. And, like... I can tell you right now, my entire grandstand, in my section at least, was like, okay, they're getting up to like, I think it was like 33 laps, the F2 race, the feature race. And we're getting up to like the last two laps. And Arthur Leclerc is sitting in third. And we're like, go little Leclerc. Oh my God, just hold on to it. Go little Leclerc. Go little Leclerc. Little Leclerc did it. Arthur Leclerc did it. We're like, you know what? We don't need to see an F1 race. We've had it. We've had our race. Seeing how proud his brother was of him as well was just so cute. Like, just made me so happy. Oh, it made all of us happy. We're like, yes. So, yeah, it was like, it ended, the race weekend ended badly for one Leclerc brother, but it ended really well for the other. Small victories. Yeah. So, always see the positives. So Melbourne really turned on its weather. All the drivers are here thinking it's going to be lovely warm weather. And Melbourne is just one that you will have all four seasons within a day. You pack for everything. I carried a skirt around for three days. 
I wore a skirt on Sunday, but I carried a skirt with me Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just because we didn't know what the weather was going to do. Like, between literally having, at one point, I think we just kept ponchos on, even though it wasn't raining. It was just, the weather's just wild here. And as a Melbourneian, we're normally, like, you'd be used to it, and we were not prepared for it. So between weather and car races going wrong, I don't know if you guys saw Twitter on Saturday after the qualifying for F1. George stopped his interview post-qualifying because a car from Supercars is on fire. It's like, just hope everyone's okay. It's like, yeah, this happens a lot. I saw it on Instagram later this day. Yeah. And that was the second car from Supercars that caught fire across the weekend. There were two of them that caught fire on the weekend. Oh, great. I well, saw a, Friday. a short video of it and I was like, what happened there? Which one did you see? Did you see the one that pulled up at the start of pit entry or the one that kept driving down pit lane? Entry of the pit lane. So that see, I've seen none of these videos and now I feel like I'm missing out. I'll send you the video. I feel like I need to see. So the first one Friday that you would have seen that stopped at pit entry was Nick Perkat. And he is a driver for Walkinshaw and Dreddy United. So he's actually one of Zach Brown's. (laughs) He's one of Zach Brown's drivers for Australia. And the second one was James Courtney, who was like, honestly, my best bet was just get it to the guys in the garage. But like, yeah, they were able to fix Nick's car over on Friday night, Saturday morning but they couldn't fix James's car Saturday night to Sunday morning. There was just too much damage. So, which is fine because they have like a month until they go racing again. So this entire week has been garnage. Will say though, seeing Lando so happy made me very happy after he's been driving the uh, slightly tragic McLaren at the moment. Obviously, I don't think he would have maybe been up there if all the DNS hadn't happened, but I was very happy. <laughs> I feel like if they were to have... If that first restart was to happen, oh no, if the second restart was to happen slightly earlier, possibly, because there was definitely a gap between him and, I think it was Juki that was ahead of him at one point, but like he was, he did really well. He did really, really well. Oh, so got to meet some of the F2, F3 drivers, met Jack Doan. Lovely lad, lovely lad, but also got Nico Hulkenberg's signature. That one I am jealous about. Look, Melbourne Walk this year was ridiculous. So Melbourne Walk last year, the Thursday, you could line up and like you'd be able to, it was, you were maybe four rows, five rows deep. This year, it's like seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven rows deep. And you're like, there's no point in trying. People were there all day. There was a gate crushing Thursday morning getting into the track just to get to Melbourne Walk. Oh my God. And, like, when um, myself and my friend got Nico's signature, she got told, like, as he's signing her book, okay, you're the last one. And that was it. But, like, where we were standing, we weren't meant to be standing there to get signatures anyway. And we're like, oh, we'll just sit, like, skirt. We'll get the book out and we'll see if we can get the signature. But then, like, Lando and Yuki came out. And poor Lando, the way Lando went, he got full-on crowd surged. And Yuki sort of took one look of, like, what was happening with Lando and went, I'm going to just go this way. Just not going to deal with that. Melbourne Walk was crazy. Yeah, didn't Australia but... again broke the record for the most people attendance at the race? Wow. Yes. 
Yeah, well, wasn't it um, 444,631? Yes. So last year we had just over 419,000 people. And yeah, we, we had 444,731 people or something like that. It was crazy. The thing is, each year we're going to have more and more like people because we have it as such a long event. We'll see. But definitely, definitely enjoyed going in grandstand this year. But isn't a four day four days of race weekend normal? Every race I attended myself, I can remember, was always four days of full racing. I think Silverstone last year was only three. I don't think we had the Thursday. I know most races, like as much as you can go on track on the Thursday, it's very much like press conference. But it's also the thing of the races where F2, F3 aren't, like unless they've got support categories, I tend to think that like your race weekend realistically starts on the Friday because you get racing on the Friday or cars out on track on the Friday. Yeah, so the tracks I usually went in Europe, we have on the weekend, no matter which track, I just realized, uh, you have F1, F2, F3 and the Porsche Super Cup. I was trying to remember what that was called earlier, actually. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, we had Porsche again this year. We had the Carrera. Yeah, we had five motor races in total. That's a lot. Got lots of videos, which will go up onto our socials throughout this week. I'm hoping to get most of them up today. Um, And there will be a couple of TikTok videos of recap highlights. Whether or not I choose to do a voiceover, we are yet to see. (laughs) Videos of you living your best life. Yeah, well, I'm hoping I'll get to go next year. But we'll have to see what life brings. But yes. So, chaos ensured. Let's just hope that Baku is uh, at least a little more calm and we have almost all the cars finished. I don't think so. It's a street circuit again. I know, but one can hope. We can hold out hope. Put out hope? I will not put out hope. We will see who's right. I have a feeling it might be you, but I'm going to hope. Look, I'm not going to say that there's not going to be DNFs. I'm just hoping that there's not as many DNFs. Don't speak it into existence, Cece. Please. <laughs> You're always right. Look, I'm not actually going to be able to see this race. So <laughs> oh. Everything's oh. safe. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to see the next five races. Uh, the first race I'll see after this holiday is going to be Canada. So we're fine. We're safe for five races. <laughs> I guess before we're coming to the end of this episode, maybe let's share a quick uh, breaking news, which is actually referring to Baku. They changed the uh, regulation for the sprint weekend. So we have on Friday now the practice session and the Sunday qualifying. And on Saturday, we're going to have the sprint race qualifying and the sprint race on Sunday, the actual race. That is breaking. But we do need to go before we get cut off. So thank you so much, Billy, and we will see you 